is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Halfback Dynasty. My name is Brendan. We are joined today with our co-host, Tyler, the legendary Gator Sands on Dynasty League Football with the legendary rock star, Mullet. Tyler, how the heck you feeling today, my man? I'm feeling great, Brendan. I'm not feeling as well as you look, but uh, I'm feeling good, man. It's uh, finally some nice weather out here in Colorado. How you feeling? Oh, living life, living life. Yeah, as I was telling you just a minute ago, trying to flex on my awesome chest hair. You see that, everybody? That's a real man right there. That's a real man. I got to zoom in a little bit on the uh, replay here. I might uh, see it a little better then, you know? I, I think you just need better glasses, Tyler. I hate to break <laughs> it to you. It's your glasses, not my chest hair. But, folks, <laughs> I hope we're doing well. A lot, a lot of news going on in the NFL. More breaking stories, big developments, a couple more free agent signings. Tyler, I've made a lot of trades recently. I know you've been uh, getting a lot of texts and calls during work, uh, me making some spontaneous moves, not necessarily in our leagues, but in leagues uh, that I'm in uh, as well. Uh, so first off, before we jump into some of those big trades, because I'm excited to, to get into that juicy stuff, any any free agent news, any, any big development with the Sean Watson story? You got anything for us? Uh, obviously I, you know, the Deshaun Watson story is, uh, I mean, it, it just gets worse by the day. You know, there's what, 20, 20 allegations now, maybe four more to come. Mm -hmm. Uh, honestly, Brendan, I, I have no idea what to think about it. Um, I would, I would say that there's validity here. You would have to think at this point, I mean, the, uh, the amount of allegations are just, out of control it's yeah it's disturbing um but outside of that i mean from a what we're here to talk about uh dynasty uh he's still a hold for me man i there there's nothing else to do with watson right now um a lot of people have jumped ship uh i could understand if you get a, a decent enough deal sure i i can fully understand jumping ship but i've said a few times on dlf man that this is dynasty. Uh, Deshaun Watson's career is not over. The, the dude, even if he's suspended all year, he will play again. He's 25 years old. You know, I mean, they were alleged, but Ben Roethlisberger had four rape cases. I mean, and what he played another 10 plus years. I mean, I'm not mm -hmm. speaking to the side, the moral side of that. That's not why we're here, but strictly football and fantasy football. Yeah. If you're, dumping Watson and dynasty because his career's over Deshaun Watson will play in the NFL again. It might not be this year. He might miss six games. He might miss 30 games, but mm -hmm. Deshaun's Deshaun Watson's career is not over. Um, there are civil cases, which, you know, I've done some research on what that means. Uh, it's a little more uh, whoever puts out the allegations it's a little more controlled by them than the court which kind of keeps the the ball more on their side but mm -hmm. um i don't know man if i got an offer if i could move watson for kyler murray plus something yes i would do it would but you move him for for joe burrow straight up in a super flex league I mean, that one makes sense to me. You know, I think Joe Burrow is a top 10 quarterback. He's good enough Watson's, to do it. Yeah, he's a top two, three, four. Uh, Burrow could easily be as good as Winston, or sorry, uh, Watson, uh, as early as next year, a couple of years out. That makes sense. But, you know, mm -hmm. dumping him for second, third round picks, things like that, no. But I would consider, like, you know, a Kyler Murray, again, probably not realistic. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, guys like that, 
yeah, if you can get out for a guy that has just as much upside and maybe ranked talent, a little yes. bit behind Watson, but yes. it's it's yeah, enough to where that. you you avoid the risk of owning Watson, waiting to see what happens. Exactly. The other thing about Watson that makes him so hard to move is how young he is. You know, if he was 33, sure, dump him, get out while you can, whatever. But the guy's 25 years old, you know. But if you're looking at like a, a car and a second rounder, no, I don't I don't see the point of of making that deal. Uh, you know, again, I, I think he'll miss time, but I don't even think I think he'll be in by week eight, you know, and I, but again, I mean, with the trade that transpired, Miami's out on Watson now. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I don't. Watson has a team, which I think it seems to be convoluted through all this that he doesn't have a team. He does, but he's also mm-hmm. said he's not going to play for him. So, the other factor here is: is Deshaun Watson really going to sit out a year if all this, you know, whenever things get figured out that. Deshaun Watson's in a pretty ugly spot right now. And I fully understand that. And, you know, I've been on the forums just saying, hold, hold, hold. But again, if you got a decent enough offer, yeah, move him. But yeah, you know, most likely you're not getting a decent enough offer though. Yeah. You're not. Cause somebody's actually, uh, I actually hit up a league mate as a joke and said, what do you think about Watson straight up for Lamar Jackson? But yeah, that didn't happen. Yeah. I like Watson more, well, without all these allegations than Lamar Jackson. So, yeah, I mean, it's dynasty football. You're in it for the long run. Don't do anything irrational. If he retires on your team, he retires on your team. You know, getting that second or third round pick is not really – there's a low chance it would even amount to anything to begin with. So the risk-reward is unless you're getting a guy that, you know, could have – somewhat of enough value to close that gap via or in regards to the risk i agree hold uh what do you think about sammy Watkins to the ravens one year six million dollar deal anything to see there uh i mean i i'd like to be excited about it but i i don't think there's anything to be excited about i mean sammy Watkins has man a lot of w names i'm trying not to uh twist up twist up my uh names here um has a lot of talent always has but he's just outside of the one year in buffalo he's never put it together man he didn't Mm -hmm. do much of anything outside of if i remember right it was week one two years in a row with the chiefs he had huge games looked like a Mm -hmm. wr1 uh never never did anything played pretty well in the playoffs overall for the chiefs but no if you can't put up fantasy numbers with uh patrick mahomes you're not doing it in baltimore Mm mm-hmm I agree. So now nothing to get excited about there, in my opinion. How about you? Uh, I'd maybe pay like a, a third round pick just to see if somehow his jumping of organizations helps. You know, obviously Lamar Jackson's sure. not really a throwing quarterback. Plus they have Marquise Brown. Yeah. They have Mark Andrews. It would be difficult. I would even put Miles Boykin ahead of Sammy Watkins just because he's been there for the past few years. Well, I think this would be yeah. Boykin's third year, I want to say. Third so. Year. You know, I mean, if, if I've got an abundance of picks or I'm contending and there's really not much out there, I'd probably toss it, see what happens. But then again, you know, I was a guy who was willing to die on the Sammy Watkins Hill before I got bailed out like two years ago to trade him. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where eh, nothing to see there. But if you have the picks, why not? Uh, let's see, Tyler, a couple huge, huge trades within the NFL draft. Uh, we've got the Eagles traded away their sixth pick to the Dolphins for the number 12 overall, their 2022 first rounder. And they also swapped mid round picks. First off, the Miami Dolphins have been killing it right now 
with these trades. They picked up an extra first round pick. They essentially got four first round picks for Laramie Tunzel, you know, when they traded him for like three first round picks to the Texans, uh, which my gosh, I mean, pay top dollar for offensive linemen, I guess, or top price. But they basically turned that into four first round picks. By them moving out of that high position, they're basically showing that Tua is their guy. I mean, unless they feel that somebody is going to uh, let the quarterbacks fall to them in the, the, the mid first round, I think they're basically showing that Tua is their guy. By the Eagles trading back too, it also shows that they believe in Jalen Hurts. Although, Tyler, I don't know if you saw that article. They're still not fully guaranteeing that Hurts is the quarterback of the future. So very interesting things to see here. San Fran, I believe, jumped up as well. So they're really looking at a quarterback there. So a lot of speculation is going to be Trey Lance or, uh, in my opinion, Justin Fields. A lot of rumors saying that they like Trey Lance a lot, which, hey, I was watching his pro day the other day, and he's a lot better than I thought he was. Uh, so I don't know, man. It seems like the quarterbacks are going to go one, two, three, four off the board. Uh, besides Trevor Lawrence, obviously, being a for sure, well, right now, a for sure hit based on his his uh, prospect rankings and being the best quarterback rank or prospect since Andrew Luck, since Peyton Manning. Are you looking at any of these other guys in a one QB league or even a super flex uh, between Lance Wilson and Justin Fields, who seems to be dropping down the board? Um, I mean, yeah, depending on landing spot, obviously in a one QB, I would be looking at Trey Lance over any of them. Cause I think he could be the best value. Uh, people have been excited about fields for a while. Um, so I think you could get Lance pretty late. I also think you could get Mac Jones very late mm -hmm. and even in one QB leagues, man, at least in our big league, I've noticed, you know, these rookie quarterbacks outside of the big ones get picked late and their value shoots up instantly after year one. So they're, mm -hmm. a, you know, if you're in the third, fourth round, if they hit, if they hit. Yeah, if they hit, I would take a quarterback over, you know, wide receiver 40 or whatever, because mm -hmm. there's more opportunity there for the value to go up, at least in our league, which we've talked about. Uh, quarterbacks are extremely highly rated for a one quarterback league in our big mm -hmm. league. So factor that in. But uh, looping back on what you said, yeah, it was a, a very, I think Hertz is safe for this year. I don't know about in the future, like you mentioned, they, they were a little bit unsure, but I think in a bind, man, you, you've got a starting quarterback in Hertz for the year and in Tua. I mean, I'm not a big Tua fan long-term. I think he, uh, based on what he showed last year, man, I, I, I'm not sure I see it, but Hey, people make huge jumps all the time, but he's to improve his accuracy. Needs yeah. To Hertz and Tua are, both going to get their shot this year, which uh, is exciting for them and good to see for uh, dynasty owners that uh, put some capital into them. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, and another quarterback looks to be in trouble in Garoppolo, you know, Sam yeah. Fran probably moved up not to uh, Garoppolo is probably not their quarterback long-term <laughs> certainly could be this year still, but massive contract, man, massive Huge contract. contract for Jimmy. Yeah. So there's been links that uh, they're interested in trading him to the Patriots I don't know. Uh, do you keep Garoppolo on your roster for one year? If you do select Trey Lance with that pick, you know, let him kind of mentor him. I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. But one thing we know for sure in the NFL and even now in fantasy leagues is you have to have a stud quarterback, especially if there's six points per passing touchdown quarterbacks rule the league, man, the disparity between the top, you know, five, six 
to the rest is massive, five, 10 points a game. So be real yeah. interesting to see what the heck is going to happen. Uh, you know, I'm going to let everybody watching right now who's in our league, I am for sure taking Trevor Lawrence at the 112 if he's there. So if you want Trevor Lawrence, you better take him earlier in the first round and let a nice wide receiver drop to me, baby. Regardless, doesn't matter to me. Well, I'm getting either Trevor Lawrence or like a Rashad Bateman, Jalen Waddle. We'll see what happens, baby. We'll see what happens. Cool, man. Yeah, we're getting close to uh, rookie draft season, man. We're getting there. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of my drafts are around that May 15th area, you know, uh, first, second week of May, right after the NFL draft. So totally. really exciting times, lots of great content and, uh, and information we pass along there. Tyler, before we jump into our rankings overall in Dynasty, as well as the rookie breakdown of Javante Williams today, I do want to express some of my crazy trades that have happened the past couple of days. So Dynasty football is really funny. I know you can attest to this. There will be, you know, weeks to even months where no one's really active in the league. Like trade talks are always happening, but no moves are really being made. But then what happens is you have a trade of an absolute stud. And then all of a sudden there's five more trades that happen because teams have different pieces. Let's say I was going after one of your guys, but you were refusing to deal him to me. But then you trade that guy. I can make a different offer to that person. Maybe they like it more. You know what I mean? So basically when the, there's a, a shift of assets between owner to owner, different trade offers can be proposed. So, you know, I was talking about acquiring Alvin Kamara. I, I got Alvin Kamara from you in, in our big league, but then in, in my other league, I really wanted him as well because I needed a third running back, right? I have Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, and Miles Gaskin. I think Miami has a high chance of drafting a running back, so I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't believe in Gaskin, but I needed an RB3. So I ended up giving up a boatload, gave up Amari Cooper, Mike Evans, Miles Gaskin in my 2022 first-round pick, which will most likely be late, for Alvin Kamara. Huge, huge pay, Tyler. Huge pay. You know the running back premium, though, is real. Kamara is a beast. Yep. Then what happened was a guy in, in my league has – he had about five first-round picks, the 101, the 103, the 107, the 110, the 112. So I was like, you know what? I know he was inquiring about Kamara himself. So the second I got Kamara, I hit him up, and I told him, listen, I don't want any further negotiations. I'm going to offer Kamara to you for the 101. And Terry McLaurin, he tried to come back and forth, you know, whatever it was. I just said, this is the offer. If you want it, take it. He took the offer, Tyler. So now I turned Amari Cooper, Mike Evans, Miles Gaskin, my 2022 first. And I basically got Terry McLaurin, the 101 and a 2022 second. So I think I made out pretty well. I probably should have kept Kamara in terms of my contending team, but now I got younger. I picked up another young asset who's about three years younger than Cooper and Evans. And now as of right now, I'm going to take Najee Harris at the 101. So then after that happened, I'll get your opinion on that in one second. Then after that happened in about a 30 minute time period, that same owner. So he traded me the 101, got Kamara. He then traded the 103 and the 110 for Michael Thomas. He then traded like the 112 for Travis Kelsey. And then he traded uh, his last pick, like whatever that the mid to late round pick for OBJ. So all within an hour, bro, within an hour, he traded every single one of those first round picks. He got Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, Travis Kelsey, and Odell Beckham. Insane, bro insane so he's going for it i mean if you have that abundance of picks you know typically i'd say you know you probably should just use them and rebuild 
but he decided, you know what, let's just trade it all away and let's see what happens. So I don't know, man, it's going to be crazy. So I just wanted to express how intense it gets. And once a big trade happens, it really gets the gears turning in everybody's head. They feel pressure like, Oh God, I got to make a deal now because I want a deal like that. So what were your thoughts about my trade that I made? Well, two trades. And then what were your thoughts on just, I guess the league being in flux and everybody on edge. Can you hear me, Tyler? Um, I like your trade. I, I mean, I saw it on DLF and yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Okay. I got you. Yeah. You were frozen for a second. Yeah. Can you hear me, Brendan? I sure can. Okay, cool. Um, I was just saying, yeah, I uh, saw kind of mixed reviews on DLF, but I personally really like the uh, Kamara trade a lot. Um, mm -hmm. Even, I guess before, you know, the initial Kamara trade, um, mm -hmm. he's in a very, he's in a tricky spot, man. Uh, they're, you know, fair or not Kamara's entire offense is changing. Mm -hmm. Um, Kamara's very, very, very good because of his pass catching, uh, Kamara broke a hundred yards rushing only once last year. You know, Kamara is extremely fantasy relevant because of his pass catching, uh, without breeze checking down, Hey man, he could easily be an elite running back again and still for two, three years. But if Kamara comes out and he's a RB 20, the first three weeks of the season, his value is going to plummet very, very quickly because everybody's going to be panicked and say, oh, it's just because of Drew Brees. isn't why he's relevant but i think this is the off season to move kamara for the most you can get for him mm -hmm. just in case uh he doesn't hit with the new offense uh, i think he'll be okay with winston if it's taysha taysom hill man i think that's a disaster for kamara but all that's yet to be seen uh what you gave up was a lot on paper i still don't think i'm sure i'm going to get ridiculed for this i still don't think evans is the best receiver on his roster i think chris godwin is a better football player than mike evans mm -hmm. uh overall which that's a bold statement when you've had what seven thousand yard seasons yeah, in a row i get it yeah i get it i think maybe i should rephrase i think godwin is a better receiver with brady and Brady's not going anywhere. So that that is who Mike Evans' quarterback is. Mm -hmm. um, Cooper, I don't know if Prescott's healthy. I don't know if Cooper holds off uh, CeeDee Lamb this year. I think CeeDee Lamb is a different receiver than Cooper, but I think uh, between those two, I, it's hard to say who's a better receiver over time. Mm -hmm. uh, CeeDee Lamb was on pace to being a WR1 with Prescott on the field, so – I think that's easy to forget. So I think you gave up a lot in theory, but I'm not sure you gave up as much as it looks like on paper. So I like the initial trade and then the flip. Uh, as much as I hear you that maybe you shouldn't make that trade, I think you have to. Uh, Terry McLaurin is a, a WR1. I think he's going to be big this year with Fitzpatrick. Yeah, it's an extremely expensive player to get uh one for one and you tap you tack on the one one on top that's uh that's a really good deal and i i like that i think i heard here um you still hear me brendan i i am a little bit it's a little bit slow connection yeah repeat so what did you say so Terry McLaurin is an expensive player. I probably okay. value 
I value Terry McLaurin at about two first round picks. So you were, you were saying, so getting Terry McLaurin straight up is one thing, but what were you saying in addition to adding the one-on-one to it? Uh, I was just saying McLaurin on a straight one for one trade is expensive. So to get the one, one on top, I understand elite stud running backs. To me, you won that trade very easily. And assuming I just said the one one hits, assuming the one. Sure. Well, and I said, I think your microphone cut out because I thought I heard Harris, but now you're taking Jamar chase with the one, one there. So. Yeah. 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 Um, if I didn't need a running back, I would probably take chase, but I, I have to get that running back now. So absolutely, an important man. note here was you're right. You have to sell these studs at their peak value. Kamara probably lost a little bit of value due to the uncertainty of the saints offense this year. But you know, what I did was I reset the clock on a wide receiver, right? Wide receiver position. You know, Terry yeah. McLaurin's about three years younger than Mike Evans and Amari Cooper put up great, great numbers already with not such great quarterback play. And then assuming the one-on-one hits, which typically it does, if you go running yeah. back right away, you got, the consensus, this didn't happen in my league the past two years, but the consensus the past two years, let's say Jonathan Taylor last year, Josh Jacobs the year before, if Najee Harris or whoever, depending on landing spot, is even close to those running backs, I think I made out really well. So I got younger. Yeah. I was able to to balance my team a little bit, give an extra receiver to get that extra running back. So overall, Tyler, I really love it. I am actually looking to move that one-on-one for a player like Gibson and uh, you know a later round or later uh, first round pick. So we'll see how crafty I get. But I'm excited, man. I'm excited. The league is flowing right now, baby. Yeah, I like like I said, man. I I really really like that trade in its entirety. Um, mm-hmm. I think you did a really really nice job there, and uh, yeah, man, it's it's exciting when trades get rolling and people mm-hmm. get kind of caught up. Uh, going back to the person that made all the trades, um, I don't Until, know, man. Until- if they're not. If they're not an out-and-out contender, moving five first-rounders for bringing in a bunch of aging players is just, to me, is not a good idea. But as the Odell Beckham trade, a first for Beckham, I, I, I don't see that. That's just a terrible trade. Dang, I've been trying to move OBJ in the DLF league for a first-round pick. Or oh, my gosh, so man. Thanks for some people, that for me. <laughs> some people just can't get off the fact that Beckham's just not a good football player anymore. Yeah. It's okay. You know, it, he had his three or four great years. It's just time to move on. <laughs> Agreed. He gets older every year, and he gets more attitude. So, awesome. Yeah, I mean, Yeah. I appreciate your feedback on the trade. I'll, of course, keep you updated with uh, any big offers rolling my way. So, cool. Let's move on, actually, to the rankings. Let me pull up our our Google Doc real quick or our uh, Excel file. One second. All right. Can you see that? I can. Perfect. All right. So, we're going to discuss our top rankings, uh, our list. We've got ranks 21 through 25. And then we're also going to discuss Javante Williams here in one second. So when we look at the ranks of 21 through 25, we kind of see that second tier of running backs come in. Uh, the, the low-end RB1s, the high-end RB2s. Uh, we've got some young running backs here that I would still love to own on my team. I mean, I'm a big Miles Sanders fan. Still, I still like Josh Jacobs. Cam Akers is unbelievably hyped right now, which is scaring me a little bit. I own him in one league, but my goodness, people are going all in for Cam Akers, who, yeah, he showed he could be the workhorse back the last couple games of last season, 
but people are starting to, to chalk up like three first round picks for him. Mm-hmm. That's absurd to me. But then we got Aaron Jones and then Travis Kelsey. What stands out to you here? Do you agree with these consensus rankings? Are they about right where they're slotted? I think kind of like we've talked about in the past with rankings, so much goes into age, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, Aaron Jones and Travis Kelsey are so much better than every other player on that, that tier of lists, but they're Mm -hmm. below all of them. You know, it's uh, yeah. I mean, age plays such a heavy factor. I think the cam Akers hype is getting a little wild as well. You know, I, I tried to buy acres in our big league, Brendan and, you know, the price just wasn't right. And I get that his price right now in the market is what it is. And I wasn't willing to pay it, but I went back and looked at his player card, man. Like he really was not very good in the regular season. The first few weeks too, pre-injury, he was bad. He yeah. Was but bad. I, I mean, it's all about what you've done lately. I, I'd love to own him. I'm just not going to pay the price to lock him up right now in case he doesn't hit. Mm-hmm. Um Jacobs took a hit. Jacobs is a really, really good running back, albeit he's just not very exciting. You know, he's a he's a top 12 guy, which is great. A great piece to have on your team. He just doesn't seem to ever make that jump that you're hoping. And then Miles think, Sanders. I think we're giving up on Jacobs being like a top five running back. I thought there was some potential last year for it to happen due to him uh, being capable of being a workhorse back. Uh, yeah. on the Raiders but clearly bringing in Kenyon Drake they have other plans other thoughts not saying Jacobs won't be good or bad it's just now when you have another capable running back on that roster it will for sure eat away on his touches and they pay Drake quite a bit of money to be the, the second running back on that roster so sorry go ahead yeah and I I agree with what you're saying I think he's a top 12 15 back which there's nothing wrong with that that's a great piece to have on your team that means he's consistent week to week Uh, Miles Sanders kind of the same way for me I like his skill set in ways I don't think he has the ability to be a workhorse Mm -hmm. uh, back at all but I could be wrong there so those guys are Jacobs and Sanders are very similar to me they're both not the most exciting RB one to have on your roster, but Hey, you could do a lot worse. You can plug them in every week, not even have to think about it. And that's, that's a big deal with running backs, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, my feeling on Aaron Jones, I'm all in on Aaron Jones. I think he's a fantastic running back. He's older, which means he has no value. So why would you even look to trade him? The guy's been a top five running back two years in a row. I mean, what more do you want? And I think he's an easy hold. And Kelsey, Kelsey's an interesting case because he's uh, – <coughs> sorry, Brendan, I'm choking up here. It's all good. Uh, he's uh, essentially a WR1, as you and I have talked about, but he's getting older. And uh, you and I, I think, are very similar in the sense that, you know, outside of the top three, which obviously Kelsey is a top three, no tight end matters. Who cares? You can plug in anybody. They're all terrible. They're all going to score five points unless they get in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you get a massive offer for Kelsey, now is probably the time to move him. But at the same time, if you're a year, one more year, yeah, if you're a legit, legit contender, he's probably worth holding. But Kelsey is a very interesting piece to me because he's probably worth moving, but it's going to hurt him, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Now is a great opportunity to tell everybody stop with the Kyle Pitts hype, man. Just stop. Oh my goodness. While we're on the topic yeah. of tight oh ends, stop. somebody was suggesting 
should I trade the 103 for J.K. Dobbins or should I grab Kyle Pitts? Now, I know it was a tight end premium league, but bro, grab J.K. Dobbins for that price. Why wouldn't you? So I want to make it very clear. Yeah, I actually, I like Pitts a lot. I really do. Uh, I was watching a lot of his film. Tyler, he is a really good receiver. I know he's in the tight end position, but he's a really good receiver. But if he slotted at the tight end spot, he will take time to transition and translate into the NFL. I had a counter argument on dynastyleaguefootball.com to why are you guys taking Kyle Kyle Pitts? And their argument was, oh, it's blah, blah, blah. He's so good. He's so good. I left a comment and I said, name any one of these three guys, uh, Mark Andrews, or let's, let's say Mark Andrews isn't even a top tight end right now. Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, and George Kittle. How long did it take for them to get to where they're at now? George Kittle took a couple years. Darren Waller took like three years. Darren Waller took leaving the NFL and going to rehab and coming back. Travis Kelsey was not very good until his like third, fourth year. All of these tight ends, stop thinking Kyle Pitts is the missing piece to your team to plug in at tight end. Unless they, whatever organization takes him and lines him up in the wide receiver spot, he's not going to be that good right away. I hope I'm wrong. So everybody who takes Kyle Pitts with the top five pick, it pays off, but I don't know, man. It just, it's not going to work out the way these people think. So this is our, our, uh, I told you so moment, Tyler, but yeah, I agree. Travis Kelsey, now is the time to sell unless you're contending. If you're contending these next couple of years, you might as well just hold because you're not going to get a tight end unless you get like Darren Waller or George Kittle. You're not going to get one in return that will produce to the same amount. So it's probably better to just hold in there. Aaron Jones is a big hold. I know you've been holding him unless I were to get multiple first round picks or, uh, uh, a first round pick and a lesser running back in return, straight hold. Acres, I would pay up for two first round picks, not three first round picks. That's way too much, man. Um, yeah, yeah, Sanders, you know me. I love Miles Sanders. I'm giving him one more year to produce. Hopefully, Jalen Hurts gets it together, their offensive line. I'm actually hoping the Eagles draft a, a wide receiver with that, that, that early first. You know, if they take Jamar Chase or if they take um, Devontae Smith, Whoever they take, if they're a bona fide stud right off the gate, right off the bat, then that opens up a lot for Miles Sanders. Look at it this year, Tyler. Why would any team playing the Eagles last year be worried about their wide receivers? You know, Travis Bolgram, Elshon Jeffrey at the later end. Why why would anybody be worried about those guys? The most talented playmaker on that roster last year was Miles Sanders. That's why he didn't perform that well. They They could realize that he's their only guy moving the ball. You know, so get a nice wide receiver in there, improve the offensive line. Miles Sanders due for the biggest series had. Uh, do you agree yeah. with that or no? Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, I'm going to circle back to uh, the first thing you kind of got going on because I'm with you. The Kyle Pitts stuff is just, it's out of control. I, you know, I understand that every year we have two or three tight ends that everybody's over the moon with and overdrafts, and most of them don't do anything. You know, O.J. Howard and David and Joku were fantastic tight ends in college. Uh, you know, are you could argue both of them are droppable in Dynasty at this point. I you know, I, under, I understand everybody's still holding out hope for Njoku, but really, um, I just I don't know, man. There's just certain prospects every year, but I, I was actually looking at a mock draft this morning and an NFL writer had him mocked at three to Atlanta. Like, are you kidding me? Like that is absolutely absurd. You know, like I'm just not sure. 
the Kyle Pitt stuff is out of control. You know, absolutely. it's getting absolutely ridiculous at this point. But yeah. hey, man, the other side of that is everybody likes their guy. Dynasty football is more fun when you have your guy on your team. Mm-hmm. If that's your guy and you want to draft him at 1-1, do it. You know, and that's probably not a great pick, but I get it, man. Sometimes you, you draft your guys and they either hit or they don't. But uh, I'm with you, man. The uh, the Kyle Pitts stuff every day. It's like, my goodness, what a yeah. you know. It's annoying at this. <laughs> Most point, tight ends are terrible. You know, it's annoying. Most tight ends and yeah, a yeah, fantasy well, standpoint are not good. Agreed, uh, Tyler. What's annoying is that how many times are these people going to fall for this? I mean, Dynasty League Football is a really good website, a really good community, and a lot of people on there are really smart and they're really good at playing Dynasty football. But Absolutely. I just can't agree with this take. And this goes on to uh, that idea that once the bird spreads that idea into the community, everybody jumps on board. All it took was for one or two people to plant the idea that Kyle Pitts is going to be big. And everybody started jumping on board. And it's like, you've seen this before many, many times. Be smarter yeah. than that. Trade out of that pick. If you're going to take Kyle Pitts at the 103 in Dynasty Football, trade out of that pick. There's no reason to trade that pick for George Kittle, for Darren Waller. I mean, I probably wouldn't do that, but, you know, trade that pick and get a tight end who's already balling out right now. So, I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to the excitement, the the getting your guy. The If if Kyle Pitts hits, hypothetically, and he is the next Kittle or Kelsey, then – Hey man, that's win. great to have your. But that's gonna take your, three years. They don't take yeah, any three have your tight end locked up. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know, man. People like who they like, and you Dude, know, you, like you would I be said, able, Tyler. Let's say Pitts does hit, right? Okay. In most leagues, I mean, I know your 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 league, the league really values tight ends out out of this world. It's really difficult to get a tight end. Most other leagues aren't yeah. like that, but if you're in a tight end premium or a non tight end premium, whatever the case may be. I can almost guarantee you that you could get Kyle Pitts cheaper next year or in two years than taking him at the 103. You could get him way cheaper. You could probably toss a late first round pick next year or in two years. Even if they do yeah. ball out to become the next Travis Kelsey in about two, three years, Travis Kelsey is still only worth like a, a first round pick. Even a couple of years ago, a first round pick, maybe a second. You know, my point being, you will be able to get Kyle Pitts for cheaper than taking him at the 103. Don't do it. So yeah, I I would agree. And you know, talking about our big league, Brendan, that yeah, tight ends are so expensive. And you know, I chased them for three years, and then it's like, who cares? You know, my tight ends are Johnu Smith and Evan Ingram, and that's fine because who cares? Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're on the same playing field except every... every other team that has those three top guys. Same playing field yeah. as the other nine teams, so or other eight yep. teams. So who cares? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I, I don't see Pitts. Uh, I, I think that's a very, very risky pick. But, again, if that's if that's your guy, I guess go get him, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. We've got him at the, the 106, which a lot better than taking him at the 103. But, you know, as, as time progresses, I'm starting to move Rondell Moore up, Jalen Waddle up, and Rashad Bateman. Kyle Pitts is probably going to fall down a little bit on my rankings just due to the pro days and uh, the measurements. Uh, Rondell Moore looks really good at his pro day. I mean, my Lord. So he's probably going to jump up. Uh, Tyler, we'll re-up or or repost our our rankings uh, post-draft, post-NFL draft. draft. That way they'll be a week or two weeks uh, for people to check it out. 
before yeah. their actual rookie draft. But yeah, Kyle Pitts is slowly falling back. These three, Rashad Bateman, Jalen Waddell, and Rondell Moore are slowly moving up. Uh, real quick, moving on. Tyler, we have our rankings right here. So uh, it's yours in the middle, mine on the left, uh, Jason's on the right. What these players highlighted in red mean means that there's no value in the overall rankings because one of us did not include that player in the top 50 of our rankings. So, for example, your brother did not include Allen Robinson in the top 50 of his rankings. So I just wanted to point out here. So you and me took a similar approach to the top 50. We didn't really include many quarterbacks or many tight ends. And I think a reason to that is because of the strategy that we can find a quarterback or a tight end that produces enough, right? Produces enough. We're, we're more interested in the top running backs and the top wide receivers. So just to put it into perspective real quick, um, guys that didn't make the rankings on my list, and this is more so because Jason did not put them in his top 50. Allen Robinson, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Kenny Galladay, uh, Brandon Ayuk, Tyler Boyd, Jerry Judy, and DJ Chark. You and I had 49 of the same players ranked in our top 50. The difference was uh, I had Austin Eckler, and you had, who did you have in there? You had Debo Samuel. So besides yeah. those two players, every every other field, every other highlighted field here was because your brother did not put them in the top 50. And this was where the difference in strategy plays. Jason decided to put Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Mark Andrews, and TJ Hawkinson. So he takes more of an approach of getting that, that, that higher-end are a higher end quarterback and tight end than you and I typically do. And then he threw Julio Jones in there, which I could see the argument if he puts up a, a decent year, but sure. I just wanted to point that out. So really our top 50 turned into our top 42 because everybody in yellow right here, we all picked in our top 50 rankings somewhere. So I just wanted to point that out. That's why you see some cells here uh, not ranked or not on the total rankings and not highlighted in green. So any surprising players here that didn't make the top 50? Um, I mean, I, it's kind of hard to say because some of it is a, a little bit dependent on league. Mm -hmm. Like I know my brother did his, <clears throat> excuse me, rankings based on our league, mm -hmm. which, you know, quarterbacks are gold in our league even with being a one qb i mean they they carry your team so far so i totally understand having that many quarterbacks in the top 50 so to me it's kind of hard to I, this is why rankings are both a little bit more fun you know i've told you a million times i'm not a rankings guy but i enjoy like if we mm -hmm. could pull our whole league i think it'd be super fun to see because it really speaks to how people build their team, their philosophy, what's important, you know, all, all that stuff. You know, I think that's very different owner to owner. And, you know, I think you got to factor out uh, some of the noise or some of, you know, what you're expected your rankings to be, you know, make your rankings, your rankings, you know. Absolutely. And what's important is if we if we took everybody's rankings in our league and we compared it to everybody's rankings in the DLF league, it's completely different. So totally. uh, I, I think rankings are rankings are really good when you're trying to get a gauge on how somebody else feels about a player. 
because then you can kind of assess, oh, well, I can offer this and it's probably more closer than if I offered this. But other yeah. than that, unless people buy into your rankings and let's say, you know, Nick Chubb right here is my eighth overall, right? People better be ready to, to pony up and offer for the eighth overall player that I view. So I think it's good to get yeah. a sense there. But when I'm buying players, I don't look at that personally because my rankings are different. So it, it's weird. It's, it's a weird, weird system going on. Tyler, I'm sorry about all the dogs barking in the background. They're oh, you're good, today. man. You're yeah, good, yeah. Man. The, the three ladies, the three schnauzers are always going crazy in the, the afternoon, the evening, especially when the, the Amazon or UPS guy gets here. They're just all, sure. this is our territory, baby. Don't mess no worries, with us. man. No worries cool. at all, Brendan. I just wanted to piggyback on what you're saying real quick, Brendan, about like where you rank guys. Um, you know, mm -hmm. some of my rankings I also did based on our big league and their value, you know, that mm -hmm. I have Justin Jefferson at what, where do I have him? 12, I want to say. You got him at 10. 10, but I wouldn't move him for Barkley, who I have at five, you know, yeah. that doesn't mean you i still in rankings i still value barkley ahead of jefferson based on rb scarcity what i know about our league but i wouldn't move jefferson for barkley straight up you know mm -hmm. yeah there's a lot that plays into it there's no rhyme or reason you know because you're right everybody ranks players differently uh, i could rank somebody different in my league here or my league there based on my roster it's just tough yeah. it's just tough and you know I mean, what would I take? Let's look. Let's look at mine right here. Would I take Dalvin Cook straight up for Nick Chubb? You're right. Probably not. I don't know. Probably well, not. Do I think Dalvin Cook is the better running back this year? Yeah, more so. I think he'll probably outscore Nick Chubb, but I don't think I'd move Nick Chubb for Dalvin Cook due to the injury. So it's yeah, tough. That's... It's like it's yeah. like we're building. We're building a framework to get an idea, a general idea of where these players are ranked, but we're not really following them. So it's weird. It's like, yeah. it's like, it's like a man-made construct. So I, I don't, I don't really know my point here, but it's, it's, it's just an outline. It gives us an idea of on paper of like, wow, you know what? I had this person a lot closer than that person than I thought. So very interesting. Absolutely, man. That's why I always caution people. Don't, don't make trades best based on rankings or especially uh, trade calculators. Uh, trade calculators are just not a good way to go. In my Bad. opinion, you can manipulate them by loading up four for or four fourth round picks, you know, that brings the value up, you know, that, this kind of stuff is always a little risky. Agreed. The reason why trade calculators are really bad, especially when figuring out uh, pick values is because sometimes the trade calculator will assign like a first round pick all the same amount, right? So like it yeah. can't take into consideration, okay, if I'm trading for the 2022 first round pick, I personally think it's going to be a top five rather than a back end. The trade calculator can't analyze that. The trade calculator can't really analyze how good the rookie class is. The 101 this year is nowhere near as valuable as the 101 was last year, just because the class was way better last year. So that's why I'd be careful with the trade calculators. I'll use them in my favor, even though I don't follow them. I'll, I know players in some of my leagues, other owners use them. So I'll put guys into the trade calculator and then I'll send it to them and be like, look, the trade calculator says this is in your favor. 
even though I know the trade My calculator bad. can't accurately assess the actual trade based on our rosters, based on who's available in the draft, who's available on the waiver. So uh, it's kind of interesting. It's kind of interesting. Uh, Tyler, let's move yeah. on. Oh, go ahead. If you wanted to follow up by, by all means, go uh, ahead. Uh, yeah. I was just going to say, you know, everybody knows their own league the best, you know, you know what people value versus what they don't, what's a fair trade, what's not, you know, and I think a lot of people, you know, it's, it's great getting feedback from everybody, even league mates, you know, running stuff by it's just, you know, you know, your league best. So agreed. You know, sometimes maybe uh, you see something that other people don't. Agreed. And that that's, that's why you got to trust your gut, get assistance from people into the inner people that are in your league internally rather than external. So I, I love DLF, but you know, I know sometimes opinions are, are they're different. They're different because these people's leagues value running backs 20 times more than wide receivers. So that's the beauty of dynasty football. That's the beauty of playing with different individuals. We all do things differently. Tyler, let's well, move on. I to, think, oh, go ahead. I think some of the, uh, just one more thing. I think some of the yeah. differences are helpful too, because it does give you a, a second perspective, a third, fourth, fifth perspective of, Hey man, maybe this isn't a fair offer to throw out. Maybe you are giving up way more than you're getting back. You know, I think, the more feedback, the better. Uh, I think it's fantastic to have that much feedback, to have a community that, you know, people are actually trying to help you uh, in both ways. You know, I think that stuff's great. Um, and you got to be comfortable if you're excited about a trade and you love it and everybody's telling you you're losing. Hey, man, if you like the trade, make it. And it through, you know, push it through, baby. Let it fly. Cool. I love it. All right. Let's move on to uh, the rookie breakdown for today. We've got Javante Williams, running back of North Carolina. Uh, you don't have him ranked on your top 10 rookies. I have him ranked at number five. This is a prime example of how things vary league to league. I value running backs a lot more than you do. You value wide receivers a lot more than I do. This is a prime example of it. So again, you'll see that the field in red indicates that that player was not on everybody's rankings that did the ranking. So for example, the rookie rankings was just Tyler and I. So I had Javante again at five. You did not have him on your top 10. Instead, you have Tylen Wallace uh, as your 12 overall. I'm sorry, we did the top 12, not the top 10. So we, we did a whole first round, if you will. So one thing that stands out to me is you got Trey Sermon on your, on your rankings, but you don't have Javante Williams. I was very intrigued to see that. Most of the consensus would say that Javante Williams is the third best running back out of this class. Uh, did you have a rhyme or reason why you put Trey Sermon down? Was it because he racked up like 350 rushing yards against Northwestern? Uh, you know, a very basic, you know, I've watched both of their tapes. Uh, I like the way Sermon projects at the next level. I also like mm -hmm. where he played, you know, I, to me, competition's big. Mm -hmm. um, he played against good teams and he played well. Yeah, North Carolina typically doesn't have as tough as a schedule as a, as a college in the Big Ten. So I definitely hear you on that. So let's break down Javante Williams. Uh, he's 20 years old, which is real attractive. I don't mean to say that in a weird way, but in terms of dynasty, grabbing a running back at the age of 20. I didn't, I didn't know when his birthday was. He's most likely going to be 21 going into the year, into the season, but still incredibly young. That's what you want to see for running backs. Uh, he's 5'10". He is 220, so he's a pretty decent-sized running back. He's got some muscle to him. That's a that's a pretty thick weight. Uh, the pros, while watching tape, he's really good at finding the gaps. 
He is more of a bruising style running back. So he'll sit there, he'll take it up into the, the one, two, or the ABC mm -hmm. holes in between the guards, the tackles, and he'll wait for blocks to progress so he can run up the middle. Uh, he has a really good burst of speed right when he gets the ball. Uh, he bursts through the gap. So I like that. I like how physical he is. Uh, he's really good in pass protection, which really, really is good at the next level. Guys like Ronald Jones, that's a huge no-go because coaches will sit you if you can't protect the QB. Pass protection is just as important as picking up that 10 yards per carry, in my opinion. So uh, the physicality is great. It looks like he's going to be a three-down back based on his body size, based on his overall ability on running plays and not on running plays to offer a really positive position towards his offense. I think he could fit in most traditional offenses. I don't necessarily think he would be as versatile uh, with, a, I guess, a quarterback that's incredibly versatile. Like, I can't really see him as much on, like, the Ravens when you have Lamar Jackson he wants to run all over. I can't see him really as much on an organization like – the Eagles per se, if you have Jalen Hurts, I look at him more as just, again, a bruising running back who can take the ball up the middle. Uh, some cons that I did not like, or some things I did not like about him, lacks perimeter speed. I don't think he can outrun defensive players as well as others in the class. So what that means is taking it outside and outrunning, getting that extra couple yards around the tight end or around the receiver blocking in the slot. So that's why you typically say him, you see him sticking to the middle uh, of the field. Um, and I also didn't like how he's not as crafty. He's not as creative. Uh, you know, when you see some running backs, you could see them juking all over the place. Alvin Kamara is an incredibly, incredibly crafty running back. I did not see much of this uh, in terms of Javante Williams. I think the more and more I watch the tape, the more and more I think that he is a capable running back and he will translate into the NFL, obviously depending on organization. I don't think he's as good of a running back as uh, Najee Harris, and I don't think he's going to be as good of a running back as Travis Etienne because of the fact that those guys, I think, are more NFL ready. And also guys like Etienne are a lot more crafty. So here are his stats that we pulled up from ESPN. 2020, he had 157 rushing attempts, 1,140 yards, which is attractive, 19 touchdowns, which is pretty on par with uh, top running backs in the class. That's outrageous in the NFL. You aren't going to see running backs really get more than like, like 12 rushing touchdowns. So don't be, don't be thinking like, holy cow, 19 is crazy. It's good. It's really good in college, but you won't see that in the NFL for many guys. Uh, his average yards per carry was 7.3. That's what you really want to see. That's what's telling all of the scouts that this player is really good at, at breaking tackles. Uh, on initial contact, he can pick up extra yards. Um, that's what I like. That's what I really like. That's like Nick Chubb's style. Nick Chubb, he definitely gets a lot of yards after contact, and that's what these, these coaches want to see. So moving down to his 40-yard dash, um, you know, it's, it's, it's okay. Tyler, he's not the fastest. He's not the fastest, but that's, that's why his, his, his strengths are running it up the middle. His weaknesses are not being able to outrun on the perimeter. So different style running back than some of the players you see in the modern-day backfield. Uh, so he ran a 4-5-2. Uh, another issue was fumbling issues. Uh, not as bad as, like, Jonathan Taylor was in college. Uh, in Wisconsin, but there are some concerns about fumbling the ball. So here is my player comparison. He is the exact same height and weight as Josh Jacobs. 
Okay. Exact. So I think their styles are very similar. Josh Jacobs, well, was assumed to be a workhorse back. Uh, and Josh Jacobs ran the ball more than he caught the ball. He wasn't as big of a pass-catching back. Javante Williams is definitely capable of being a pass-catching back. I just don't think that's where his strength kind of uh, relies on. I don't think that he relies on his pass catching. I think he's really good at pass catching, but that's not what he's known for. So I think that there's actually a lot of similarities between Javante Williams and Josh Jacobs. Where do I see him going? Scratch this. I do not see him going to Detroit Lions. I see him going at 43 overall to San Francisco. Um, I think that no matter what, Tyler, I saw you were big on this. No matter what, the 49ers don't really care who's in the backfield. Any guy they plug in will succeed. The reason why I think that they're going to be highly interested in him is because when you have a running back of higher draft capital, that typically means they, they have what it takes to be capable in the NFL. Guys like Jeff Wilson, um, geez, I don't even know who else is in the backfield. Moster, I don't even know if he's still there. None of those guys were of high draft capital. So my point being is they get good yardage out of the running backs now, but they could take it to the next level and consolidate and have a workhorse back, right? So San Francisco actually is one of the better rushing yards per game, but it's mixed depending on who they throw back there, McKinnon, uh, Moster, or Jeff Wilson. So my point being, if they can consolidate all three of those guys into one player, they don't have to focus as much on the running back position. They can lit. Javante Williams do the work and they could focus on uh, getting help elsewhere, right? Plus injuries are always a huge issue. I don't think Javante Williams is that injury prone based on my research. Honestly, every running back gets injured, Tyler. So I'm sure he'll get injured at some point in his career. But I see him at the at 43 overall, the second round going to San Francisco. I also could see the Chargers drafting him at 47 overall. If the Chargers draft Javante Williams, I would honestly... I, I would almost have him jump up in front of ETN. Obviously landing spots matter there. If, if ETN uh, goes to like the Steelers or the Falcons, then it'd be a little bit trickier, the Dolphins. But I have to say if the Chargers draft Javante Williams, I think that he just flies up the draft boards, man. That's a really good landing spot. In my opinion, that gives Justin Herbert a really nice traditional running back. We didn't see Herbert really use Eckler that much. I don't think that's in his game. But you get a really good pass-blocking running back that can run up the middle. I would really like that, and I think that'd be a fantastic fit. Tyler, there's my rookie breakdown. I know you're not as big on Javante Williams as I am. As I am. Again, that's due to running back scarcity, but this kid looks good, man. He looks good. I think there's a big drop-off after Javante Williams. No offense to Trey Sermon. Yeah, I think, um, I think he's going to be one of those guys that he's going to hit at the next level. Um, or he's not, you know, I was kind of scrolling through his game logs. He had big, uh, big games against like Wake Forest, Duke, uh, NC State, FSU, Virginia Tech. I mean, like his, his schedule is mediocre. Yeah. But I mean, that's not really his fault. That's just where he plays. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, obviously he still has the ability He put up 236 yards on the ground against the U who was ranked number 10. I mean, Obviously, uh, the abilities there. Uh, one of the games that stuck out for me was Notre Dame. Uh, he put up 28 yards on 11 carries uh, against, bad. obviously, what would be considered maybe more of a prototypical NFL style off or a defense he went against. But, you know, so much goes into, 
your line in college, your system, you know, you look at Cam Akers was probably a better running back than he showed in college. Cause he played for a really bad team for three years, four years, whatever it was. So um, I'm not crazy high on Williams, but I'm also very interested to see what he does. The kid catches the ball pretty well. He usually had two, three, four catches a game. You know, that's a great thing to see in college. So mm-hmm. uh, it's nothing against Williams. I'm just not, I just don't know what to expect from him. You know, I, I tend sure to lean, I tend to lean on players that show well at big schools, but again, it's, that's where he went to school that Aaron Jones, one of the best running backs in the league. He went to UTEP. So, I mean, there's plenty of guys that did not go to big schools that mm-hmm. play very, very well at the next level. Tons of them do. So yeah. I'm interested to see what he does, you know, that more yeah. than, I personally wouldn't take him super high, but I would take a lot of guys high that most people wouldn't. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> I see him. I see him going in the top five in a lot of drafts. Reason being sure. scarcity. Um, I would take, I would take uh, Smith and chase over him for sure. But I think Javante Williams is going to surprise a lot of people. I think there's a, a bigger talent drop off after Williams but, you know, I guarantee you Trey Sermon's going to work his way up. Chubba Hubbard's going to work his way up into these people's draft boards because they realize, crap, I need a running back. So don't 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 take him if you're not fully confident. Don't take, like, uh, a Keyshawn Vaughn-type player when you have Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb still on the board, those types of players. Tyler, if I had to rank him with the 2020 running backs, I would rank him behind. This, this, is, this is my rankings amongst the, the two years. I would still have Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, uh, Cam Akers, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, DeAndre Swift. Um, I'm not ranking those guys in order, but I I would have those five, and then I would have Harris. Actually, scratch that, Tyler. I'm just trying to put some perspective on where I would rank Javante Williams in according to the, the, the previous class, based on rookies, based on rookie prospects. They're not in the NFL yet. So, actually, I would have... I would have Jonathan Taylor. I'm going to try to do it in order, okay? Granted, this was a year ago. So uh, I would have Jonathan Taylor at number one coming out of Wisconsin. Uh, I would have I would have DeAndre Swift at number two, pre-draft going to the Lions sucks. Uh, I'd have J.K. Dobbins at three. Uh, I'd have Najee Harris at four. Um, I would have Cam Akers at five, Travis Etienne at six. Um Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at seven, and then I would put uh, Javante Williams. I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was a slightly better prospect than Javante Williams. Those guys are interchangeable, but my point being, I would put the big five running backs, almost all of them, before Javante Williams. So uh, be careful taking him, Tyler. That's a great point. I know I just hyped him up a lot, but you're right. He's not a sure thing. Landing spots is everything. If he gets drafted to one of those top landing spots, you you just saw me drool over him going to the Chargers, right? Is he talented enough that regardless of landing spot, he's good to be taken? Or are you going to take him because he's not as talented as Harris, but he gets put in that prime landing spot? So I don't know, Tyler. I don't know. Boy, I got to tell you, you know I take running backs all day, baby. RBs all day. Yeah, I was going to I was gonna say, I know you're a huge Williams fan in general, so I, I was just going to put you on the spot. If, you know, if you're on the clock at four and it goes Harris, Chase, Smith, are you taking Williams or ATN? Right now, ETN for sure. If okay. if I, I think I think that let's let's say you have a, a landing spot of 
A, B, or C, right? A being the best. If Javante Williams landed in landing spot A and Travis Etienne landed in spot B, I would take Williams over Etienne. My point being, I think that talent should always outweigh um, landing spot. Prime example, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. But I think that there's not as much of a disparity between Etienne and Williams as most people think. That if Williams gets put in a slightly better position, even though he's not as talented, I would still take him over Etienne, if that makes sense. Makes perfect sense. So if Williams landed in a fantastic spot, arguably the best spot, you would still take uh, Chase and Smith over him? Yeah. That's tough. That's really tough. So now, now that gets into you're really picking my brain right here. Now that really gets into team build as well as do I fully trust that that organization will use him? Um, you know, I think I, I think I would take Jamar chase for sure over him, no matter what I would take, I would take chase over him, no matter what Devante Smith, I'd have to, to sit down and think about. You know, um, I would take Harris over him no matter what. No matter what position Harris gets thrown in or what organization he gets thrown in, I would take Harris over him. I think that the talent difference is too big for landing spot to even matter between those two. Uh, Chase, if he goes to a terrible team, man, like, like I don't even know now because the Jets would take a quarterback. Um, Dolphins could be better. Who's a team that's going to have a terrible QB next year? The Bears? You know, if, if Jamar Chase went to the Bears, I'd be a little skeptical, but I probably still would take uh, Giants. Giants. Okay, Giants. If Jamar Chase went to the Giants, that's when I'd be like, oh, God, dude. Oh, God. <laughs> but you know what? I, I would probably take Harris and Chase over Javante Williams regardless, no matter what. Um, Devontae Smith would creep up into that category too, but I wouldn't be as sure on him. So that's my thoughts. Um, you know, drafts with your, your heart. If you feel he's going to hit, he's going to hit. If you don't feel he's going to hit, he's not going to hit. So got to do your own research, my friend, as always. Gotcha, gotcha, so, man. Perfect. Tyler, anything else you want to say? You really uh, you really threw me in for a loop there. But, you know, I, I think that the rookies uh, – I don't think they're as talented as the 2020 class, but I'm excited to see landing spots. I think landing spots are more important this year than they were last year because last year when you have a lot of talent like that, Landing spots don't matter as much because you think they'll excel regardless. But this year is a whole different ball game. The draft will tell us a lot in the NFL. So I'm very excited. But yeah, anything else you want to say before we close out? Not really, man. Just uh, kind of following up on what you said. Yeah, I think last year's class is better. I think there's two fairly solid RB prospects in this class. And then uh, there's a bunch of receivers to get excited about again, um, which kind of comes into team their owner philosophy man the the wide receivers just don't seem to dry up you know (laughs) it's crazy every year the the wide receiver room expands every team's gonna have two top receivers pretty soon uh it sure seems like it cool well every team has four running backs they run is the other issue you know yeah yeah i hate the too many good players there's too many good players (laughs) exactly cool awesome well everybody thank you for listening Uh, We'll see you next week. We'll break down a a different rookie. uh, And we will also talk about ranks 26 through 30. So we're, we're cranking through that Tyler, but appreciate your time, everybody stay safe, stay healthy, stay smooth. Just remember that 